I want to give you uh, Luke chapter 22 just for the next few moments. Luke chapter 22, verse 14. Luke 22 and 14. All right, one more time. St. Luke chapter 14 and verse 22. The Bible says, when the hour had come, Jesus sat down and the 12 apostles who were with him. And then he said to them, with fervent desire, I have desired, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, take and divide it among you. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood which is shed for you. I'd like to have eight minutes, and I want to talk real brief, but yet purposefully about communion, about Holy Communion. Many of you all came out of the tradition where you called it the Eucharist. Some, the Lord's Supper. Others, Holy Communion. Those that are online, we've asked you to prepare your bread, prepare your grape juice. We are believing God for healing in your home, for salvation in your home. Cut the volume up. Make sure everybody is around the house that can hear because I believe the word of faith, the word of God can minister even in this pandemic situation. I need you to know we yet press through the pandemic efforts, uh, effects of these unprecedented times, unmatched moments, and uncharted courses. We remind ourselves today in this pandemic that God is bigger than the pandemic. Amen? God is greater than this pandemic. Somebody say amen. And God will ultimately defeat this pandemic. Last week, we came out of the Old Testament. We looked at Exodus chapter 12. You all remember clearly, God speaks to Moses and Aaron. And Aaron. He says, this is the beginning of the month, the first of the month of the year. Tell Israel, look here, on the 10th of the month, take a lamb. And it wasn't just about the lamb, but it had to be a perfect lamb. It had to be a lamb without blemish. It had to be a male lamb. It had to be a lamb of a year old or so. That lamb, uh, and it just wasn't a one and done, right? So that lamb was sacrificed both morning and night. The lamb was sacrificed during various holidays in Israel. So from chapter 7 to 11 of Exodus, God tried to get the people's attention. He said, America, wake up. Middle East, wake up. Africa, wake up. Canada, wake up. South America, wake up. And he allowed certain things to happen in that time and society. There was the lice. There was the locusts. There was the, the darkness. There was all type of plagues. But, and Pharaoh was moved, but he never became obedient. And so God says, I'll send the seventh plague, and that will be the plague of death. So God allowed in the Old Testament a death angel, okay, listen closely, a death angel to sweep over Egypt. But he had a promise for the people of God. He says, I've got to judge Egypt because of their hard-headedness, because of their neck being stiff. But I've got an answer and a solution for my special prized people, Israel. Here's what you do. Take that lamb, number one, take the blood of the lamb. Put it on your doorpost. Put it on the side of the house. And when the death angel passes through and millions and millions of the firstborns would have lost their lives, I'm going to pass over your home because of your obedience. Would you say that with me? Because of my obedience. 
I know it seems weird. It may seem unorthodox. It might even seem strange, but that's what God wanted. It ain't up to you. It's not up to me. As Dr. Brookshire said, with our egghead cells, we miss the know-it-all, miss know-it-all, try to rationalize and intellectualize everything. Sometimes God does things in his own way just to confound the wise. And so he says, here's what you do. You take the lamb, smear the blood, but take the lamb, and here's the way you're going to cook it. And here's the way you're not going to cook it. Again, half of us are already ruled out because we want to do it our way. We still got the Burger King commercial in our head. We can do it our way. But God said, no, no, this is doing my way. Not only did he give instruction on how to cook it, he gave instruction on how to eat it. He says, when you eat it, I want you to keep a belt around your waist. Keep some shoes on your feet because I'm taking you somewhere. You're going to eat this lamb in, in, in readiness. Uh, and I don't know if you can hear the word of the Lord in these next few moments. There is a readiness for the city church. There's a readiness for the families that are covered and connected and in covenant. You got to be ready for the next promotion on the job, the next increase in the home, the next blessing that's coming your way. I can't get nobody to say amen. I ain't got but a few minutes left. And so he said, listen, if your house is too small, no problem. I've got a word for the single parent. I've got a word for the single sister. I've got a word for the young couple. You join up with another house and everybody enjoyed that lamb for that house. And so Israel did exactly what God said. You know the rest of the story. He passes over. He judges Egypt but he spares Israel. Today the Passover is known as a celebration. Here we are thousands of years later, multiples of generations later, and they still to this day practice the Passover. They commemorate that time that God did something for our grandfathers, something for our grandmothers. He did something in our generation. And so we will teach our children and teach our children that we hadn't always been able to dress the way we dress. We hadn't always been able to go to the finer restaurants of the city. We hadn't always been able to drive these nice European cars. God kept us when others were judged. So I say to you, my brothers and sisters, stay ready. Be ready. God is taking you somewhere. So in the Old Testament, Israel offered the blood of the lamb as a sacrifice temporarily for the relief of guilt and sin. Let's transition real quick about 3,000 years to the New Testament. In the New Testament, Jesus becomes, not temporarily, but he now becomes the permanent, someone say permanent, he becomes the permanent redemptive sacrifice for all of sin. The Bible says in Hebrews 9 that if the blood of goats, the blood of bulls, the blood and the ashes of heifers, in other words, if all of those animal sacrifices did its job in the Old Testament, how much more will the blood of Jesus cleanse you and heal you and deliver you? So here we see Jesus. What do we find him doing in Luke 22? I think I've got about three and a half minutes left. What do we find Jesus doing in Luke 22? Well, he was doing what any normal Jewish person would be doing. He's commemorating what he was told to do from his father. And his father was told from his father. And his father from his father. He's preparing for the Passover. It was not only another holiday tradition it wasn't just an ordinary passover why because in luke 22 he doesn't just perform the passover he becomes the passover 
And this is what makes Jesus different from any other self-proclaimed prophet, self-proclaimed God, self-proclaimed man. He is all God, but yet all man. He is king of all kings, Lord of all. He lived, he died, he was buried, he rose again on the cross. He not only observes the Passover, he is the Passover. So today we see Jesus. He becomes the Passover, the perfect lamb of God. I said last week, this is exactly why John the Baptist, John the Baptist's daddy was Zacharias, who was the priest. So John the Baptist grew up seeing his daddy day in and day out coming and going out of the temple with the bales around his garment, with the rope around his back. And every time daddy came home, that meant that daddy was living right and it was going to be okay for Israel. But if daddy had some secret sins and things happened in his life, he would have died in the sanctuary and they would have to pull him out by the rope. And so when John the Baptist comes on the scene, excuse me, Jesus comes on the scene, not once but twice written in the book of John chapter 1, John says, behold the lamb, the perfect lamb of God who taketh away the sin. It wasn't just a greeting. It just wasn't a salutation. It wasn't just something cool to say. But he, from the lineage of his daddy, the priest said, behold, now we don't need any more bulls or ghosts or lambs or pigeons. Now you have become the permanent sacrifice. And by the way, you take away all of the sins of the world not just the sins of small not just the large not just the black not just the white but you take all of the sins of the world away and when the hour had come he sat down with the 12 and he said with fervent desire I desire to have holy communion he looks at the church I kind of wonder right now do we still desire to have holy communion is it anywhere in our wish list? Is it anywhere in our priorities? We can make all the announcements, all of the alerts, all of the notifications. We can give you all of the flyers, all of the media, all of the reminders, all of the text messages, all of the emails. It got to be something inside of you that says, as much as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. There's something special about Holy Communion, something special about the Eucharist, something special about taking the Lord's Supper. So we see today that Jesus offers his body and his blood. My eight minutes is up. Would you stand to your feet? When he gives up the bread, the bread was blessed, given thanksgiving. And, and because he is now the bread of life, whoever eats of him will never hunger again. Hallelujah. This bread is no ordinary loaf of bread. But my brothers and sisters, this bread, for those that are online, this bread is special bread prepared for you. And when you eat of this symbolic bread, you eat of them. There were a group of eggheads in John chapter 6 who said they, they, they ridiculed and criticized and said what do you mean eating of him are we now cannibals and Jesus clearly rebukes and reminds them that this is a spiritual being the bread that we eat today is the bread that gives us life and then after the bread, 
He comes with the wine. And if I had the time, I'd talk about not one, not two, not three, but there were four glasses of wine that they would have shared during that Passover dinner. My wife and I, we've had the privilege of being in several Shabbat dinners. One in New York, some in Israel. I was on a virtual Shabbat this past Friday night. And they all took the wine. And they honored the Lord. In their faith, they're keeping an old tradition. In our faith, we have a new living tradition. That the blood of Jesus covers. The blood of Jesus cleanses. And the blood of Jesus completes. I love what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1. In him we have the redemption. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. Do you have sin that you've been riddled with in your life? Jesus' blood will heal you and, re and redeem you and cleanse you from your sins. And what, not only does he cleanse you from your sin, he'll cleanse you from the guilt, from the shame, from the dejection and every condemning spirit that the devil bring into your life. But not only does he cleanse from sin, he, he, I, I, he, he covers. He covered in the Old Testament. Uh, here's what Colossians says. Colossians 1, I believe, says 14. In him we have redemption through his blood, also the forgiveness of sin. But now, Ephesians 2.13, but now in Christ Jesus you were once afar off, but now you've been brought near by the blood of Jesus. So not only does he cleanse you, but he covers you. You heard Dr. Brookshire say about her husband, her, her former husband, who was on the down low, who had AIDS. But it was the blood who covered. Uh, some of you don't know right now, but his blood's been covering you, and your mind didn't even know it. You're here today living in what others would have gone through, what you went through behind closed doors. They would have killed themselves, be locked up in some mental institution. But because of the blood... You're standing here holy and healthy and giving God the glory. Somebody ought to say, thank God for the blood. So his blood covers, his blood cleanses, and his blood completes. What can make us whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I don't know if I have anybody in the house. Maybe there's somebody online who doesn't mind saying, God, I thank you for the blood. Because without his blood, we are nothing. I, I know you're tired of these scriptures, but, but, but we are redeemed not by corruptible things like silver and gold and pocketbooks and credit cards and money and tuition and all of these wonderful earthly things. But we are redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. There's somebody here today who says, I need the blood on my life. I don't want to die and go to hell. I don't want to die and go to a place that was originally designed for the devil and his dark angels. But I want to be ple I want to be redeemed by the blood of the lamb. I want to be cleansed by the blood of the lamb. There are men, women online today. We're going to take communion right now. But Paul gives us a strong admonishment. Do not take communion in an unworthy manner. In other words, we don't need any unconfessed sin, unconfessed iniquity, unconfessed transgressions in our lives, boldly and arrogantly, but yet we're going to partake of the bread and the wine. No, God, forgive me of all of my sins, known or unknown. Wash me by the blood. Cleanse me by your presence. 
that I might be worthy to take communion. Because in that communion, there's healing. In that communion, there's deliverance and breakthrough. There's joy, there's encouragement, there's hope, and there's faith. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Father, for every man and woman in this room who doesn't know you in the pardon of their sins, for those that are online today and they're watching this broadcast, maybe they cut on the broadcast to be skeptical or cynical or maybe they got on with some ulterior motive, but the word of God became a sledgehammer to them. The word of God burned within their hearts. And now they're crying out, what must I do to be saved, Pastor? I want to be right with God. I don't want to live another waking moment without knowing that God loves me and he's my Savior and Jesus died for my sins. I want to pray with you right now before we partake of Holy Communion. I want to pray for you right now. Don't you let the enemy condemn you. Don't you let your sins of yesteryear, I know what I'm talking about. Don't you let mistakes and sins of yesteryear keep you from moving forward in the things of God. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. You are not bound never again. You've been loosed. You've been liberated. You've been free to go and sin no more. May you be filled with the Holy Spirit. May the Holy Ghost come right now into your apartment, into your dormitory, on that military base. May the presence of the Lord manifest and permeate all throughout the apartment or the house where you're at right now. May you feel right now something from heaven and may it be a sign and a wonder that the Lord draws near. I want you to repeat these words after me. In church, would you say this out loud? Let them online hear you because we're a family. We're a congregation. We are a community of faith. Together, say this with me. Say, Lord, Lord forgive, me forgive me for every one of my sins. Every one of my sins. I, hear the word. I hear the word. I'm responding to the word. Responding to the word. I, confess my sins I confess my sins before you. Would you forgive me? I'm so sorry. I do believe in my heart. And today I confess with my mouth that your son, come on, your only begotten son, Jesus is the Christ. He is son of God, the living one. I receive today the gift of salvation. Come on, I receive today the gift of salvation and I commit my life I commit, my life. I commit everything that I have come on everything that I am to serving you thank you for saving me thank you for thank you for a brand new beginning a man and so be it uh, would you copy